Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hi, Sean. Hey, what's up, Rebecca? It's good to be here. We have a friend with us today. Friends of the podcast. Yes. Hi. (laughs) Hi. We're welcoming Linda Hazlett with us today. If you follow her on Instagram, she's LH Designed. And I just have to say, like, I told Sean, I'm like, we got to get her, like, she is the sassiest, t- like, with the contractor notes. Like, like they are, like, always cracking me up. Like, you, like, take no shit from contractors, and it's the best. Yeah, I just do not want to hear crap from them. Oh, my God. It's so funny. So, like, we are so happy to have you here. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Do you want to tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about like who you are, where you are, what you do? Yeah, so I am Linda Hazlett of LH Designs. I am the principal owner of my company here in Los Angeles, California. And I do, you know, major ground up builds, major renovations, new builds, all the way down to also furnishings, accessories, custom items, artwork, and that sort of things. And I'm East Coast, West Coast, international. So yeah. You got to put the card out there if you want to get those projects all over the place, though. Like, people have to hear that you want that, too. So, that's good. How long have you been in business on your own? Um, on my own, I've been in business um, since I say 2010. That's when I actually um, got my first client. But I like literally that's when I also started um, school. But um, my actual true business when I really started, I think, getting more kind of a little bit more traction was 2013. OK. So almost so, yeah. 10. Yeah. Almost 10 years. I'm there. Congrats. <laughs> what did you do before that? So before I went back to interior design school, so I went back to school at FITM downtown in LA, I was actually working in marketing and advertising. So I was with like InStyle, W Magazine, Details, that sort of thing, and just kind of got burnt out. Then 08 came, the market crashed, and I was like, yes, I'm ready to get out of here, you know? So so yeah. That's when I started my marketing agency and yeah. The burnout is real. Yep, it's definitely real. <laughs> it's a different kind of burnout, but yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to know more about what made like design sound like where you wanted to go in that career shift. Like, what was what? How did that sneak into your brain? So what happened was, since I had a burnout, I was also looking at houses and during the crash got my first house that I currently still live in. And at that time, I had all these dreams, just like when first homeowners, you know, they all have dreams. You get your first home and you want to do all these things. You want to get all these furniture pieces. You want to do amazing stuff in your home to make it feel like you. And then it was suggested to me like, hey, you know, why don't you go back to school? This could be something you could do as interior design. And I was just like, no way. Like, that's totally not me. I thought of 
designers as old ladies who lunch and they just pick ugly sofas and <laughs> like um, and roughly drapes and ugly pillows and weird rugs and I was like that is totally not me why would you even say that to me you know um, you're like insulted by that yeah. like how <laughs> So they, you know, suggested maybe I research it a little. I did and started talking to actual working designers and saw the different avenues that I could possibly go into. That was similar to, you know, advertising and fashion, which were two, you know, areas that I had previously worked in. So when I went back to school, I just loved it and just was the stupid nerdy kid in the front, always putting their hands up, you know, always there first. I just soaked in everything. And then I realized, you know, there's a lot that I could do here and I could still be creative, which I really loved. And I knew after that, I definitely didn't want to work for a firm. So, yeah. So you never worked for a firm? I never worked for a firm. I knew after working in corporate that I definitely didn't want to work for any corporate people anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, um, (laughs) if I have to struggle, I'll have to struggle. That's fine. And just started working with older designers who didn't have the CAD work or that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I got to see different designers and how some of them work. Some of them, as you guys know, are just kitchen and bathroom designers. Some Mm -hmm. do just construction and don't do furnishings. Some do, you know, just furnishings and won't do construction. And for me, it was definitely eye-opening and made me think I want to do all of it. So, yeah. So when you were in marketing and advertising, were you on like the project management side or the creative side? So when I was in advertising, I was on the sales side. And then I used to live in New York City um, prior to being here in L.A. So I was actually in fashion there, and I used to work at Allure magazine. So there I was on the editorial side. So I can see both sides. I always just find it so interesting that I think it's like interiors specifically has so many like second, third career shifters and it, mm-hmm. it almost seems like any industry you come from, you bring a tool that helps you in this industry because we have, there's so many facets to what we do from sales, marketing, <laughs> creative, right. exactly. yeah. like, and all of that. So what do you think was the most helpful for you? Like, where did you feel strongest, I guess, coming from the beginning? I think coming from the beginning, the strongest I felt was basically understanding that there's a lot of facets and details when it comes to design and to pay attention to those details, you know, the devil's in the details and understanding the construction of how things go together is similar as in fashion, right? The construction of an outfit because when I was in editorial, I got to see couture gowns that were like artwork and they would talk about it as, you know, major pieces and how they would come together. And then also in sales and advertising, you know, paying attention to numbers and budgets, how do you sell people? So the two combined, you know, helps me understand a business, but also being a creative at the same time. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds really helpful. There's a lot of there's a lot of salesmanship in what we do, and I think it's like there is that disconnect that a lot of designers don't necessarily see themselves as right salespeople. Like mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is my creative vision, and it's just you're automatically going to love it, right? And unfortunately, that's just not the case with clients. Is we have to sell the fantasy, the vision, the possibilities, the the value and the worth of everything that we do, like they, they don't just inherently understand how important it is. 
Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You're a total salesperson, number one, before yes. you get to be creative. You can have a great yeah. idea. If you can't sell it, you're not going to ever see it. Because so. you're selling the whole time. I mean, you're selling to get the project. You're selling your ideas for them to sign off on mm -hmm. the concept you're selling contractors all the time right <laughs> do things the way you want yeah yes. i mean i don't know if i'm selling on contractors i just tell them and they do it. <laughs> well, see, yeah i need to get better at that you have to be a hard negotiator There's no negotiation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no negotiation <laughs> so. this, is what the, this is what's in our drawings this is what the client wanted exactly. are you doing it or not like exactly do you want us to get someone else yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> no get someone else guys. if you don't. If you don't want to do it, we'll get someone to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I need to. I think you need to teach like a master class in that. Yeah, it's just confidence, you know. <laughs> so that's how I feel. It takes yeah, time. Yeah. You test the boundaries. You figure out the limits, and then you start realizing, like, wait a minute, we know what we're doing. Right. And yeah, sure, I might not have some of the technical trade expertise, but right. like we start, I'm looking in magazines at stuff that other designers are doing. I'm like, wait, if they can find someone who will make this and can construct this, it can be done. It's exactly. not, it might cost a lot, but right. it's like, if it, if it can be done, why can't you do it for me? Why can't you be the one, that contractor who does it now? Like, exactly. And I say that all the time. Like, if a contractor or sub is like, oh, I can't do that or that's impossible, I'm like, I see it right here. So either you can or cannot do it. I'll get somebody else. Yeah, then you can kind of like shame them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You can't do that. I guess that. we just, I guess we really need a really great carpenter then. Yeah. <laughs> or a Sean says, like, Sean needs a t shirt. Like, if you don't piss off your tile installer, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> For sure. They want it fast, easy, quick. Yeah. Like, exactly. they want all of that, but that's not what we want to do. No. So they want Schluters everywhere. Gonna... Hell no. Schluter of it all. Yes. <laughs> Daily conversation. Mm -hmm. so. so, what does your team look like? Like, do you have one? Yeah, so I am a small boutique design firm, even though I do big projects. So there's just two of us, um, me and I have an operations manager. And then I have a couple of freelancers who are separate. So I like to keep it tight and small. That's really inspiring because I'm like so like holding everything so close. Like <laughs> I need help, but I am scared to get it. And then I just feel like it's like... It's so easy to get inflated, you know, with team members and keep adding them. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's my fear is, you know, people, especially during COVID, right? You guys, I'm sure, exploded. Everybody was getting jobs left and right. You Like, it was just crazy. Yeah. And then I just see everyone like, oh, we're hiring, we're hiring, hiring. And it's like, you know, it is needed. But at the same time, I don't want to explode that much. Because I also don't want to be like, oh, I just hired 10 people. Now I have to, like, fire nine of them, you know? Um, or like a lot have, of feel like you have to sustain that many clients. Like then you're right. just like a salesperson full time and that's yeah. it. Feeding and the I, beast. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, granted we're salespeople, but I don't wanna be a salesy person if that makes sense like I don't well, want to outbound be sales only like yeah yes. <laughs> just sales the Cold whole time. Yeah, you don't want to be the like and you want to rug with that or like yeah. give me one thing like there's 
there's a limit to how those will work out if you or have to. Or you're get just too writing big. proposals, like that's your full time job is proposal writing, and exactly that's what happened in my last career. And I don't want to do this. Like, there's I'm not doing the I'm not making anything anymore. Right. Exactly. And I got to see that when I worked with other designers. Some of them. That's what they started doing. They just started pushing out products when they didn't have to. And I didn't want to do that. So, yeah. What is your, what is the, the, some of the big rocks that your operations manager does for you? So she helps a lot with definitely shoot days, um, helping out with, you know, organizing things, um, making sure I'm looking at stuff, getting things there. I did a show house in Massachusetts. She helped me um, ship a fireplace over there. She came with, (laughs) Um, she, you know, was with me when I went to Texas and did uh, the House Beautiful show house down there. So she helped shipping and figuring stuff out. So she does a lot of that stuff and she's going to be, you know, doing a lot more, but she helps more with um, basically the admin stuff right now that I just like logistics and procurement and stuff. Yeah. Procurement that she does. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you hire out for, like, drawings maybe? Like, what else? Yeah, so I um, have freelancers for my CAD work. Other than, you know, obviously I get existing plans. And then I basically, you know, do the layouts and then I send them out and then, you know, have someone do elevations and I go over that with them. And then also for 3D renderings and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, those are, like, all the bottlenecks for me. Like, I feel like... That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do, like, the fun stuff. Right. And some of the sales. And some yeah. of the hard conversations, that's fine. But, like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, and that's how I see it. I just want to keep it small because I also don't want to deal with employees, you know, other colleagues who I do know who have grown, which is great. I asked them specifically, how much like work are you doing design wise and how much admin are you doing with your employees? Cause that was important. I wanted to hear that. And a lot of them are like, it's definitely at least 25 to 30% of their time is on admin and employees. And that kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, worries me. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't want to spend like, if I heard like five or 10%, cool, you know, <laughs> but 25 to 30%, that's a big chunk, which is very, you know, something I don't want to, um, put a lot of time in right now so so I feel yeah, like what remember, I'm doing is good I remember in my agency's days there was like I'm not going to get the numbers exactly right but there was um kind of a tendency for like this is creative agencies but like you go from like one person to maybe two to five to 15 because you start having to create these tiers and levels to where when you get to 15, then you have management overseeing a lot of that, mm-hmm. which is like it like, jumps up really fast from well, five yeah. and it to gets 15 you out suddenly. of the like, weeds of managing an HR and all that. But right. now you're at 15, which is like a lot more billable. Right. <laughs> like that's so a big leap. Yeah. A big leap. And then, like you said, you have to always constantly be having more jobs and take on jobs that necessarily you don't want to take on. And I don't want to take on jobs that I don't want to take on. I want to take on jobs that I really want to take on and focus on them. So that's something, you know, that I look at when I see other people growing. Well, that's what, good. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. What does like a sweet spot look like for your company in the job? Like, are there minimums, scale, like scope that you're looking for? Like, 
what would you want it to be? For me, I think the most I would want is probably five employees tops. I think that's a good number. Um, So then that way I could probably travel more and also get jobs to travel around more. So, you know, right now I just have the one big job in Barbados that I'm going to have to go to. But, you know, but, you know, it'd be cool if I had like, oh, I have one in Barbados and I have one in Switzerland, or, you know, whatever. Oh, so, my uh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. and you could be traveling and pe- someone could still be like minding the store, kind of like the business at home while you're right. able to be at interface time with clients or contractors when you're off-site or not there. Exactly. But I have to really trust someone. So that's why I really trust Heather because we used to actually work together in in style. So I don't even need to speak. She just understands me and just knows, which I love. But, you know, also hearing from other people when they do hire, you have to pay attention to numbers so much. And so they actually, you know, when there's a mistake, I remember talking to a designer and she was like, I hired this one assistant and she made a $50,000 mistake. And I was like, and she's fired. You know, like, I don't want a $50,000 mistake. You know, obviously mistakes get made, but I've never made something that large, you know? And so if someone does that, I, I would I would just be so upset. So, you know, that to me is like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so, so yeah. Oh my God, that's so scary. Yeah. I hope they had insurance or <laughs> enough profit to cover that. Right. Lord, like, not ready for that right now. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna gonna be uh, folding up the shop and starting in a new identity somewhere else if that (laughs) so it's like you know they can help but they can also hurt and I don't I don't want that so yeah so do you do like full home like do you have like a project minimum of like how many rooms that you'll do or like what's the smallest project that you do and then large I think you do pretty big projects but like what's the smallest I guess the smallest project I've done was a game room that was like less than, I think it was like around 70 square feet. And the reason why I did that was because I thought it was interesting. They did have a good budget for the one room. They came to me and they said that they understand it's going to cost more. They wanted, you know, custom cabinetry. And I was like, that's going to cost and that sort of thing. So they had a good enough, they had a good budget. And so I was happy to hear that and they were open to creativity. So for me, I don't have like a minimum per se of rooms, but I do need to hear like, you know, I don't want to hear oh, I'm doing this room and I have $5,000. Okay, like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> like that's not even going to yeah, cover yeah. my own fee, you know? But if I do hear some of the ideas and they understand that this is going to cost a certain amount, and then I will consider it for sure. And, you know, it came out great. You know, House Beautiful did a story on it and they love it. They basically lived in that space during COVID. So turned out awesome. Well, that seems like that worked out. Yeah. So you will do like a single kitchen or bathroom if the scope and the like creative aspect of it is enticing Mm -hmm. to you yeah enticing if it's you know I don't want to just I'm definitely not a remove and replace kind of a designer because I definitely will walk in and tell my opinion especially if the layout is off I just can't not say if something is off mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard for me you want to like fix the one thing that's really the worst like right exactly because you, you gotta see, get it out of there 
Right. You see in clients' eyes when they come to you, their ideas and dreams. And I want to make that happen. But I also want to be truthful. And I always say, if you want this, you need to remove this window and take down this wall. Like, I'll easily say I don't have a problem. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've talked to a few designers recently that it that and it sounds like you're doing this too is that the clients need to convince you to take the job mm-hmm. not you like begging for the work I mean exactly. it's sad, but <laughs> but like you stay in the power seat of like I get to decide if this is like worth my time and energy and exactly you're saying yes or no more Definitely. I mean, I had two prospective clients the past week and I told him I straight up was like, you know, I'm not the designer for you budget wise and what you're telling me, you know, I'm sorry to say that to you, even though I haven't even seen your place. But, you know, you know, you just know after a while, all the red flags, you hear them Mm -hmm. and I know what I want to go for. And I'd rather wait to get the projects that I really want and, you know, Mm -hmm. work on organizing my business. So I'm ready for those bigger, better, you know, creative job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Switzerland. Yeah. Yes, yes next Switzerland. So. Okay. Yeah. We're manifesting that for you. It's yeah. wintertime and we need a ski destination, okay? Yeah, exactly. like, and need a so hot you know, tub with... <laughs> just so you know, people also in Barbados and contractors, I'm the same way with them. And they literally, I think they all go to the same contractor subs 101 class, like say the same exact mansplaining stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just a no first. And then <laughs> you have to talk to them I, or tell them why. I think wrong. it has to do, I think that has a lot to do with sort of this like, sort of like passed down knowledge of like being a contractor of like you spend so much time having to be with other contractors and get certain hours and then they go through their design and it's like they're all just filtering out their little bad lessons like they've all now they've all heard them like it just spreads because it is this sort of closed community so when you do find the really great contractors it's the ones who do things really differently or came from a different career or they also are like now working with the types of clients who they're like, oh, that doesn't fly anymore. Like Mm -hmm. they get to a level of clientele where they know that I literally can't say no to this. I like I'm the top of the line contractor. I'm the highest there is now. And clients hire us because they don't want to hear that kind of BS from us. So exactly. If they could get training down to all the others, that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like formulating a theory right now because this used to happen in the marketing world again with developers, like web yeah. developers. Mm-hmm. And there's something about like this male dominated world that they possess all the knowledge that we don't have, the minions don't yeah. have, right. or, yeah, or perceived. Like a, a God's gift to web development. It, like. Yeah, and it's the <laughs> same kind of attitude, and they think we're not going to, like, catch on to them being just lazy. Like, they exactly. don't want to figure it out. Yeah. Where mm. we're like, no, we're the creatives trying to make something different happen and innovate, and you're going to need to, like, get with the program. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's hmm. totally true. And not everyone wants to do something creative. Like, not every contractor wants that. Like, I'm sure there are contractors who hear there's a designer involved and they're like, nope, like, oh, homeowners only. Are. Yeah, like, homeowners only and home Sometimes only like, that aren't going to question things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but they don't want, they don't want to deal with that because they don't, they realize, oh, shoot, that's going to push my boundaries and be more time and I don't want to do that in the same way that we don't want that type of project when clients are describing what they want to do. And we're like, nope, that's not the type of work we want to do. I'm sure that they're also editing out. like Because there's definitely contractors just, that are like, yes, let's like try something new and let's make it different and unique and push like our learning. So I think it's just sort there's of some. like a, yeah, there's some. <laughs> there's got to be. There's a few. <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, mostly what I've seen are more of what you guys say. A lot of contractors, you know, designers come in and they're very, you know, uh-oh, what are we going to, you know, have here? I know. And it can be very tough. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, don't hire a contractor first before you speak to a designer. That's what I try to tell clients, you know, come to me first. Mm-hmm. Don't go to a contractor. Do not sign a contract with them because I have seen the worst contracts from contractors and people don't even understand what they signed, you know, and literally there's nothing in the contract. And I just am like, wow, you literally are getting nothing. And it's bottom grade. This is going to be horrible. Yeah. They gave you like a dollar a square foot. Yeah. A dollar for tile. (laughs) You know. $50 faucet. Yeah. um, They're like, oh, cabinetry is included. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just white shaker prefabs. And they're like, no, I really want green. I was like, good luck. You know, not in this economy. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> oh no. I think I know that's just like one part of our jobs mm-hmm. that we we have to work with. What else do you think has really like changed the way that you do business or changed the way you looked at your business? For me, I definitely do a little some things a little bit differently than most designers. I've heard a lot of, you know, either people do hourly or they do, you know, a flat rate. Um, So I kind of do similar, but what I do is hourly. And then once we do all the planning and ordering, I switch to a flat rate to get into construction. Because at that point, there shouldn't be any changes. Although I do tell them that if they do a major change during that point, obviously it will go back to hourly. So then that way there's a breather and that sort of thing. I also do not do mood boards for any of my projects because then it gets interesting. Yeah, I don't do any mood boards. So, um, so I, what I do is I go straight into layouts first and I give my clients at least three plans to choose from, from low, medium to high. The reason why I do that is because people come to me as well as other designers with a budget, then they have ideas that necessarily aren't equal. So, correct. I, right. So, usually, right. So, I will give them those plans and say, "This is low, medium, high. You should be around within these budgets on these, so they can understand." And most people do not pick what their initial budget is, and they do go either. I would say ninety-five percent for the the middle part for the higher 
or mm-hmm. they go for the higher one. Most people do not go for the low. And that way I can explain why when I show them the layouts and then we go into, you know, me picking out materials and that sort of thing. I also don't meet with clients for long periods of time. You know, obviously I have the initial call to screen clients. Then if we go to the next step and I meet them, I'm probably there for tops like 15 minutes, 30 minutes max. I try to, yeah, I try to, I'm trying to get it closer to 15 minutes max now. But it's most. Yeah. What are you doing? I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Within 15 minutes. Like. No chit chat. <laughs> yeah. um, so 15 minutes, you know, I, it's for mostly for me. It's for me to go in to see the client, to see the space, if it's good fit and to see if I like it. And then, you know, so I literally go through. I'm like, okay, show me the space. That's great. All right, here's what the next steps would be. Um, If I like them and if I don't like them, I don't say there's a next step, you know? I'll just kind of be like, well, this is great, and then leave, you know? (laughs) Um, And if they follow up, I'll either say, you know, it was great meeting with you, but I don't think this is a good fit, that sort of thing. But yeah, I keep it pretty tight. And I have. What do you call that meeting? Sorry. I just call it, you know, basically my initial meeting with them just to see the space and to see, you know, their personality and that sort of thing. Because Do they pay for that? They don't pay for that. So, yeah. I mean, I know other designers pay for their initial meeting, but, you know, it's literally, it's short. 15 minutes. Yeah, Yeah. I have a timer. Yeah, it's 15 minutes. Like, yeah, I, I give up more than that. In my, in my office. Just yeah, Sean can't even say goodbye under 15 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm getting tugged out of the ribs. I'm like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes. Literally. And there's a, yeah, time, I have a timer on my phone, too. So, <gasps> so you yeah. tell them, like, they know. Yeah, what I the tell them on the call. Is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to, I come to your house. I'll be there for 10 or for 15 to 30 minutes. And one time I was like five minutes. I was like so quick. I was like, wow, this is awesome. But yeah, so I try my best to make it super tight and quick. That's amazing. Was the five minute a hard no? Like, yeah, or it, a was, yes? it was immediately when I went in. <laughs> immediately. Just, no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, don't, don't, no, don't invite me in. I, yeah. I can see from the top here. I don't want to do this. Yeah, like, you know. Um, you know, she just started talking and I was just like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And so then it was just, we're done. So Whoa, I'm so impressed by this. How, so what are you looking for? Or, you know, I'm just looking for someone that is, you know, kind of fun and open to ideas, but also understands like, I get you have a budget. And I understand you would like to keep close to it. But at the same time, you have to understand that you probably won't. So, so, you know, Mm -hmm. I need someone that is flexible and I need to see that. And then, you know, sometimes I just want to see the house. Like, does this house have good bones? Is there something interesting here? You know, even though you see it online, like being in person sometimes is a different story. And sometimes like you know, clients in person, their personality is just much better than on a phone or they have a cute dog and then I fall in love and I'm like, yes, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, is there like... Now we're married. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by this. So is there like a woo-woo aspect to it? Like, are you like feeling like energy or like, sorry, this Sean doesn't prescribe to this, but <laughs> like do you... <laughs> Is it some like it. kind of like a vibe check with the people? Like, do you feel it more yeah. than? 
And yeah. It's like just a vibe check. Like, you know, am I feeling the vibe? If I'm not feeling the vibe, like I'm out of here. And or it, a bad vibe. Yeah. yeah. And I have felt that. Like I've had bad vibes felt and I literally was like, okay, well, this is great. I'm, you know, I just wanted to get out of there. And they were like, are you going to send your proposal? And I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said, like, if you really, yeah. So, and I said, if you really want to work with me, you can email me and we can have a discussion. But I literally said no. Um, and then I left. But there oh was other God. times where I, love I those boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I, love it. I mean, yeah. Like, I'll never be like that. <laughs> yeah. Boundaryful, um, but I love it. Yeah, but there was other times where I thought I wasn't going to get the job because I was late because of a contractor. And I got there and me and the client just vibe so well. And we've been working on her project and it was super awesome. She super trusts me. So I was like, awesome. And here's my, you know, so it's just for me to feel a vibe for sure. Okay. So you do the initial phone call, see if like you just get some like high level information of if the project might be okay. Mm -hmm. And then you like do your little drive by. Drive by vibe check. Yeah. And then you decide if you're going to give them a proposal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. So, it's really me seeing if I want that client. So, you can't. So, have you taken? Well, you must have taken a project, like especially out of state ones, that you don't get to do that. Like, how do you determine those? So, those. Um, so, I have two in San Francisco right now. And I okay. took those on because obviously I do want to do other areas outside of LA. So if there are projects outside of LA that I haven't been in and I want to check it out, I still have my initial call with them. You know, um, they obviously send me their address and I try to Google it. I also ask them to send me pictures of their space and that sort of thing. And I might do a Zoom with them as well. And then I just feel the vibe. And it was the same with both of them. I just felt the vibe and I was like, let's do it. So yeah, and they blew up. The projects were supposed to be small. And then the first one blew up into her whole space. And the second one was supposed to be just two bathrooms. Now it's like her living room and her baby's room and her kitchen. So so yeah, I just like to feel a vibe. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And probably like those out of, especially within California, like it's the same amount of commute time. <laughs> like your travel yeah. time probably isn't that different <laughs> than if you're crossing <laughs> LA. Like, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Two hour commute either way. So. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. Okay. Exactly. But yeah, I'm just super quick and in and out feeling a vibe. If I feel it, great. If I don't, we're done. That's it. Because time is money. So yeah. Well, and yeah, like I've been having this like feeling of unsatisfaction with or dissatisfaction with a few of my projects this year. Some that are like so one that like really sucked me dry mentally in a really bad way. And I feel like the tables just need to turn of like, I just have to be more selective. I mean, that's like, it's not the client necessarily there's no such thing as I mean there are bad clients but oh yeah for sure there are bad there's clients. a bad fit more often I think <laughs> like I like we were talking about the is our is this what was the our episode called are you a good designer uh-huh 
And there's a lid for every pot, right? Like there was a good fit for that person probably, but it wasn't me. So how I just have to get better at determining that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you just I determine mean, it. These drive-bys. Yeah. Drive-bys. Just five <laughs> minutes, 15 minutes on your phone. <laughs> goes off you're out that's it yeah, yeah they um, freak out you're out like if they can't handle that then yeah that's not gonna work, right? some like, people could test. like some people are like yeah like i we're gonna do this real quick we're busy too we have kids and families and work and i bet a lot of people love we, that yeah exactly like yeah like let's get it moving like we're you either are interested or you're not right and now you've seen it so you'll know right. or you've described enough over the phone that it sounds like it could be cool right and then if you do prep the proposal, that's one more layer to freak them out, like, if they're not interested. Yeah. And if the fee structure scares them off, I, then, okay, great. Like, that was, you weren't meant to be. It's like, just like exactly. a vetting process, like, yeah, one a layer vetting. at a time. Yeah. But they know a lot of the stuff that's in my contract. And, and the person that, you know, uh, some of them that were really quick and I told the one no, I was just like, you know, there's no difference with my contract. It's just like a little bit more wording that's, you know, <laughs> a little bit more technical, but I pretty much told you everything that's in it. So, but, so yeah, no, I'm not going to send you a proposal. And you're never going to read it. Anyway, <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> But, but I hear, the courage I to do what you know is right is yeah. really important from all of this. It's yeah. just like, if you know and your gut is telling you and your instincts are telling you, listen, pay attention. It's There will be another phone call. There will be another yeah. person who reaches out. There like, will be another phone call. Exactly. And for new designers, that's probably harder. I wasn't always that way. Obviously, I had to work up to that. So every job is always going to be so important. Anyone that calls is going to be so important. But I do think as a new designer, you should really hone in and pay attention to that stuff. And I wish I did when I was starting out because, you know, you would just take these jobs. And like you said, you, you it becomes soul sucking sometimes. And so that would have given me the time to focus on maybe organizing my business more for when these bigger jobs come, I'm ready, much more prepared for that sort of thing, as opposed to taking these jobs that took so much of my time and took me away from my business to prepare myself for those better jobs. So, you know, that's how I see it and think of it now in hindsight. No, it's totally true. And like, I know all of that. And I think it's just the like being brave enough to like, say no to some of the busy work that feels like you need it. Yeah, exactly. But I also sometimes not yell at my clients, but I'm hard. I'm stern. <laughs> I'm, I can be stern sometimes with them, you know, and you have to be. And sometimes it can be scary, but you need to be to push the projects along, to get it along. And if, if they are stubborn, I have fired clients and whatever on to the next. What do you think, what do you tend to get stern about? I get stern about making decisions. I get stern about making payments to subs and contractors. I don't think people realize the delay when it comes to payments. So they're like, okay, like a payment is due or they finish the job, you know, or the job is coming up to be, you know, being finished. You need to, you're going to have to pay this chunk to them. They're like, okay, yeah, you know, but then they expect them to keep going if they don't pay contractors or subs on time and, you know, that's mm-hmm. really important because then if you don't pay them on time, they move on. And we don't want them to move on. We want them to stay right. on the job. So that's yeah. a big deal. So, yeah, I got very stern about payments for sure. 
Yeah, keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. And even yeah, my let's own not payments. lose the people if we like them. Yeah. Yeah, and even my own payments. So, um, and that's the other thing. Once we do hourly, I get a big deposit, a chunk up front, and then it's every fifteen or ten hours after that amount is gone that they have to pay. And so, if they don't pay my hourly fee, everything stops. Like everything. So, you know, I will not go there. I will not answer any questions. I will not know. It's just, we're going <laughs> to stop. And that's going to also cause an issue with other things, products, you know, or if they don't pay me and I've had products ordered, they're not getting it. So they don't want to stop. And people start realizing my time because those 10 to 15 hours come up real quick. So... Yeah, and I feel like you'd probably be pretty good at spelling that all out up front. Mm-hmm. I do. Like, this is how it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah, like, if you want work to continue, you keep paying. It's not personal. There's right. nothing <laughs> malicious about, like, no one's doing anything malicious. But, like, if the money stops flowing, so does my time and creativity. Right. Like, exactly. We're not going to get anywhere, and this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like for a lot of your projects that they are – if they're large remodel or like big projects, these are lasting sometimes years in the making from yeah. the time you first met with them to when the client has the house finally back to themselves again. Exactly. I mean, my one project in Brentwood, because of COVID, unfortunately, took four years to accomplish and finish that. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, two, I have two like that right now where in in the office we just go, Oh man, like one, I feel so bad for like just the timing of when it got started to just getting it through permits, through approvals, through the city, different Mm -hmm. vendors coming in and out, like then we need more structural engineering, like, and then COVID, everything just delayed some of them where it's just years and, and, you know, slow progress. And thank God for some of the clients who have the patient of saints to be cool about it and <laughs> like didn't know what they were getting into when they started right yeah it, that's the part that gets really draining it's just we've been doing this for years now and we're still not too much further than we thought we would be yeah. no yeah even six months ago no for sure and that was tough you know because we literally started right when covid started and I didn't think it was going to be four years later, you know, so we had planned a little bit and, you know, they, I would say the husband 75% likes me now. Um, (laughs) 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 Me and him, I would say, didn't get along so great at the beginning. The the wife loved me. Um, I was recommended by the contractor. So, but now that they saw the end results, and now I think he trusts me a lot more and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> it's almost time. I'm, I'm ready to go now, you know? And now I think they're like, wait, like we have other things. And I was like, no, you really don't. I've like finished this whole entire house. They're like, no, we need a paper towel holder. And I was like, okay, then get yourself a paper towel holder. Then you like, can find I'm not going to find you yeah. a really fancy designer paper towel. Yeah. They're like, we need an entry mat. Like, get yourself an entry mat. What's the problem? Like, you know, and so. now they're like scared to yeah. finish it. Well, they're just scared now to make decisions. You know, it's like, well, what you about this? the big ones for them? Yeah. And it's just like, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to be here for forever. I've got to go. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> they're gonna fly the nest. It's like having a like a probably like having a, a seventeen or eighteen year old who's like gonna go to college, well, and you're like, or it's like Stockholm you can make syndrome, it right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They can't, like get out of it anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. there's. They feel like they've learned to depend on you so much that they can't imagine having to go back to the way it was before. Yeah, probably. Which is great, but at the same time, it's like I can't be here forever. No, <laughs> it's great. It's great <laughs> if there's another house they want right, you to do. Right? Yeah, do. If they have another house. Switzerland. <laughs> like yeah, winter's exactly. When is a Switch Switzerland. Chalet, yeah. Switch getting purchased. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your favorite part of the process like what's your like do you feel like is your zone of genius I would say my zone of genius or my favorite part is obviously when you start seeing all the hardware coming together you know basically once drywall goes up then you know it's gonna go fast mm-hmm. after that you're gonna see everything come together all the hard work all the stress of like, well, did I place this right? Is this the right size and scale? Then you start seeing the furniture come in and the artwork, and then you start seeing a home come together. And when clients see that, they start realizing, yeah, this is, this is why we did pay for her to be here. You know, she did make all these little details and decisions that really made a difference. And a lot of my clients said that, you know, um, the husband that initially hated me now 75% likes me. He said that, like, I literally was in quiet. Like I just was in shock when he said that to me, Aww. you know, another client was like, you know, this was the best investment I've ever made was getting you. Cause there's no way this would have happened without you. So, you know, hearing that is just like, it's worth years of stress and headache, I guess. So, so yeah. That's what, that's like refills the emotional bucket of doing the work is not just the tangible result, but also clients going, Oh my God, what we're idiots. If we thought we could have done this without you, like who, who put that thought in our head at some point that we don't really need to keep paying her to show up every week with the contractors or no, I mean, that's a designer's lies. cheaper than a divorce attorney, right? Like, exactly. I mean, how many marriages are saved by these decisions? Like, going through some of these crazy renovations, like, so many couples could not handle it. Yeah, it's a lot. And I tell even clients, you know, if you think you can do this on your own, can you, you know, answer 100 questions in five minutes, like, rapidly? If you can't and don't have the time for it, you need a designer, period. Mm -hmm. But also the knowledge, like they don't have most of those questions already answered because of experience. So exactly. Are you going to go in and start screaming at contractors (laughs) like that they're doing (laughs) lazy work and have to redo their shit? Yeah, exactly. And I definitely make them redo their stuff, even contractors that I am close with. And I'll tell them, this is not good. You need to redo this. So. Yeah, otherwise they're going to be staring at something that they hate and notice for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it becomes this, like, resentful piece of their home that they're tired of staring at. But yet getting someone back to fix it later is even worse. So Worse, yeah. That is a lot of our job. I don't want to freak out any designers who don't do construction into thinking, like, you can't do it. But, yeah, you've yeah. definitely got to find your, like, inner lion Right. Of no, like I'm doing this because it's what's best for the client. It's what's best for the work we create. It's mm-hmm. everyone's going to be proud of it. So the contractor might not like it, but 
this is going to be something beautiful. Right. And if, unless we really have that internal like conviction that we really believe that it's, how can we possibly convince a contractor or an electrician or a tile guy? Like if we don't really believe that what we're doing is valuable and important, then why would they believe it? How could we possibly get them to do what we're looking for? You know? So exactly. It's just like, just all of our uh, hotties who are listening, like, you take some time to find that voice and know, yep. like, this is the right thing. You're doing what your clients are asking for. Yeah. You know, have that vision, be strong and be confident with anyone, clients, subs, contractors. They're all going to doubt you, but just don't doubt yourself and just keep at it. And that's it. You know, haters going to hate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Contractors going to contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tile installers are going to schluter. Yeah, they're going to schluter, and then you're going to go there and say, hell no, no. (laughs) And drywall guys want to use texture. Yeah. (laughs) No way. (laughs) We're going to have to fix all of that stuff. I think that's the biggest thing that um, clients have started to understand, like, through working with contractors. It's like, no, everything is possible. It can all be done. And they're like, we never would have pushed that hard on that, but we're so glad that you did. And, you know, when they're like, they kept trying to convince us and clients will say, it didn't sound right. And it didn't look like what we planned. So I'm glad we called you. I'm like, a hundred percent, if I'm not there and that doesn't sound or look or feel like what it's supposed to, I'm the heavy, like, call me in. I'm going to be the bouncer. Like I will get it handled for you and no one's going to slip it by. So exactly, I think... It's also the fun part when you're like kind of winning. Yeah. Like it's not it's not always about winning or losing with those conversations, but like it feels no. good to get a couple wins under your belt. It's always and- about winning. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with contractors and subs. It's always about winning. <laughs> it's- just don't, I don't want to be told no when I know that there's a yes that's possible. So that's the best part. Like, I know it can be done. Let's figure it out and do it together. Yeah, and we exactly. can. Well, because that is proving your value to clients. Like, right. All those conversations that they're not having or things they would have missed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's why the you're there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To go and sift through all the BS that's mansplained with contractors and subs and then, you know, get a beautiful project at the end. So, yeah. <laughs> do you, we've talked to a couple designers recently that have gotten their contractors licenses have you ever considered it I feel like you could do that I have considered it a lot of people have said I should get my contractors license and I go back and forth one I am also very busy with projects I mean I'm not trying to be like oh I'm so busy but um, <laughs> but no, you know it's, it's, it's not nothing the time yeah like, yeah it's it's yeah. time you have to you know put some time into it that sort of thing and two um some things that people don't realize that contractors handle I definitely don't ever want to handle if I get a contractor's license <laughs> such as you know they have to have like a million a certain amount like a million or something for insurance mm-hmm. they do definitely get sued much more often mm-hmm. than designers. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are, you know, also responsible for 
getting big materials there or scheduling, you know, cement trucks or the green, you know, fencing. Um, I don't care to figure out the port, yeah, porta potty <laughs> situations. You know, I, yeah. you know, I don't want to do any of that. So, um, well, so. you'd have to definitely have a good lead. Yeah. yeah. So, and I know yeah, you need like a good foreman or project manager too. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I know people are like, well, you can make so much more money, and I'm like, you know, I. I feel like I'm at a good place. You know, I have a good contractor and we work well together. So, you know, obviously he has his responsibilities and I have mine. And, you know, if I'm still growing, then I will figure out a way to make as much or, you know, in different avenues as much as a contractor. So, yeah. Yeah, because the other downside, like we talked to um, Susan Winterstein a couple weeks ago and she has to stay pretty local. Like you can't. You can't be taking jobs in Barbados. Right. Exactly. Contracting work. It's easily like you want to right. have your network of subs. So Exactly. So, you know, there's ups and downs with it. Um, so for right now, I I don't think I need it. Although people are like, you are kind of like a contractor, kind of. But <laughs> I know. Like if you could just like employ all the subs and yeah. <laughs> really have things your way, that would be. Yeah, exactly. The upside for sure. Mm-hmm. But I also... From some contractors and projects, people don't realize, you know, I do have subs and I do bring them in. I do take some money away from contractors, which makes them unhappy. But like at the end of the day, we're there to make money too. So if that's what it is and I have to compete to get some of that, then that's what I'll do. How do you structure that like with a client and like how do you make that arrangement? So I tell clients there are certain subs that they don't have to, you know, pay when it comes to the contractor. And then I have them pay directly to the subs that I do know, because then I know for sure that the subs are going to do, you know, the product well or installs well, and they're going to do exactly what I want. And then that way, when they do that, if they, let's say, like, go with my countertop guys, so then I would get the countertop and then I would you know, they would be purchasing it through me instead of the contractor. You know, mm-hmm. obviously some contractors have tile in their contracts, which no one should ever be okay with a contractor putting tile in their contracts. It's never a good thing. So obviously, you know, I will purchase a, the tile and it'll have to go through me. Um, same with plumbing fixtures, you know, even appliances and stuff like that. So, you know. You require it or you just suggest it in the beginning? Like that they use those subs? I don't require it. I kind of just say you should use use these subs. And like I'm good. confident with these. Yeah. They'll do a good yeah. job. Yeah. I feel exactly. comfortable with them. And they've seen their <laughs> work quality. Yell at them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, yeah. So that's how I kind of like do that whole scenario. Yeah, I think it helps when you have contractors that you already have, like, a good relationship with, and this is how you tend to divvy things up, and they're already okay with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, because, you know, at the end of the day, contractors themselves have other jobs too, right? So, I just feel like if I'm a high-level designer and I have other subs that can unlift the load, and, you know, for the most part... A lot of contractors, I don't put their names on my projects because I'm not 
happy with some of the things that they do. So, <laughs> just gotta spill the tea yeah. over here. So, like, um, so show up another job of yours. They're not going to be invited to bid on another project, yeah, or if they, exactly. or if a client mentions their name, you're going to say, "Hold on a minute, I have a story to tell you." Exactly, first. And, and that has happened. So, um, exactly, and I don't know why contractors don't realize that. You know, hey, if you get in with this designer she could bid out us other jobs but i don't know they just don't think that way <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah or like it probably will behoove them to use some of your subs especially if there's going to be challenging installations or designs that you're suggesting like mm-hmm. you know what you're really gonna just like some of the shit that i'm gonna throw at you so yeah i'm gonna take this off of your plate Because I already know these guys can handle it. Exactly. You know, and then it's funny when contractors are very, you know, at the beginning, they're rude to me. But then once we do get to the end and they start seeing the end product, they're like, wow, this was like really amazing. And I was like, it was thanks to me, but... I will not be ever using it again. (laughs) (laughs) You would think that they would want, I mean, this is just me, like wanting everything to be interesting and creative, but like you would think they would just get tired of constructing the same stuff, like the same finishes and the same looking house. Like wouldn't they want to like work with different materials and interesting? I think for contractors and subs, they, you know, we're creatives, right? But they don't think in creative ways. They just think of like, what's the next job? What's the next job? We just want to get paid. We just want to get paid. So the faster we go, whatever it is, we don't even care. You know, even if it's like ugly tile, like one contractor showed me, he's like, look at this tile. I was like, why are you hating me showing me this horrible tile right now? (laughs) 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 And he was like, yeah, you know, that's what the client wanted. I was like, gosh. And he was like, but who am I to say? I don't really care. I just want to put it in and be done. Right. Like that's how they care. For them, it's like get the work done and get paid for the work. Yeah. That whether it's beautiful or not, they don't most do not most care. Yeah. Some like, do. Yeah, some like do. I have a painter that I really like, and he's like, most of my jobs are repainting the same ivory walls, the yeah. same color yeah. for a whole house. Mm-hmm. Like that just blows my mind that somebody is fine with that. But he does a meticulous, wonderful job, and he's fine with it. So I know. And I mean, he wants to get paid. Like, yeah. There's the creativity money. is nice, but they want to just keep doing the jobs. Yeah. And if those are the jobs that get keep them and their families taken care of, like Good for that. Yeah. Which is what we have to, like, understand going into it. Like, that's why the battles, I think, happen. Yeah. Because they just want to be – Yeah. They want to be fast and get it done. Yeah. They're hearing, oh, that's another week. That's four more days. That's a different crew I have to bring in now. And so it got more complicated. It got longer. It got – That's an instruction manual I have to read. (laughs) Yeah. Or more more risk that their margin gets smaller because the more things you do, the more mistakes that can get made and then they're going to lose profit. So in the same way that we think about losing profit by having like vendors with lots of damages or like shipping problems – but they're multiplying it by 500 grand, yeah. you know, instead of a sofa or, mm-hmm. you know, their risk is so much bigger. And it like, is. I don't blame you for not wanting to 
be the general contractor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I'm in a good sweet spot. So if it ever okay. is an issue, I guess I could always, it's always going to be there. So whatever. So yeah. Right. Yeah, that's an add-on you can yeah. <laughs> tackle down yeah. the road. <laughs> yeah, tackle that. Think about that later. Yeah. After Switzerland, yeah, exactly. come back to the idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so, but you know, like exactly what Sean said, that's how they think. And so I get it. That's why also planning is so important. That's why I think people should not hire contractors before hire a designer. If you have all those details ready and set, then... You know, they are going to know what they get into. It's not going to be a drag. There's not going to be fights over, you know, price. going to undermine you. Yeah, undermine. Say, we'll get it done faster. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. get crappier materials and cheap out on stuff. So, you know, people don't realize that. Tons of planning goes into our jobs. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were, were very transparent and shared a lot with us. I think a lot of our hotties listening are going to be appreciative of knowing the nitty gritty and how it actually works on jobs. Linda, can you also share a little bit more with our listeners about how they can find you and how they can get in contact with you or follow along with the journey? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at LHdesigned. So that's L-H-D-E-S-I-G-N-E-D. I'm also on Pinterest at LHdesigned. And my website is LHdesigned.com. And that's pretty much where you can find me. <laughs> All the places. As if we need more platforms to find ourselves on. And yeah, there's manage. way too many platforms. So I just keep it yeah. simple and that's it. <laughs> and hotties out there, if you feel like you need some like lessons in how to like get things done and clean up a job site, <laughs> clean house with the contractors, like Linda's always talking about that and just saying what is acceptable, what's not. And you talk about how you handle it a lot of the time too. Yeah. I, yeah, I helps like you find the voice. Yeah. I like to be truthful about design. You know, I'm not a fluffy designer. You know, I know there are people who have an image and my image is just to be truthful, show the nitty gritty as well as the fun stuff. But no, I love it. in order to get to the fun stuff, you need to get through the nitty gritty first. Yeah. For sure. It, I no, I'm it. inspired. Okay. I'm going to toughen up. I'm going to try to get my consults down to, I'm going to start with 15 minutes. One hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, no joke. I think I heard a designer said that they, I mean, I know designers are like 45 an hour. Some are three hours. I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> like, like, what am I going to talk about with these people for three hours? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. I mean, I could definitely do that, but I am not doing it for free but still yeah. not three hours <laughs> yeah i could sean sean you could do a three hour console, no problem I, if i liked them right. and house, i definitely could but if someone was like what could we do with two thousand dollars like <laughs> yeah you could give it to me right now and get it three hours worth of my time like you'd have to pay me your whole budget to sit here with you doing something i don't want to do you know like yeah. No. I'm going to be, I want to be like that supermodel behavior. Like, yeah. I don't get out of bed for less than 10 grand. Like, right. one day. Yeah. Even if I like them, 15, 30 minutes, done. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you know. If you do a with them, you're going to spend so yeah, much exactly. time with them. You're going to spend so like, much time. So, it's like 15, 30 minutes. That's it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Coffee date, quick coffee. 
great. If we like each other, we'll go on a longer date. Yeah, That'll exactly. Be perfect. Here's my proposal. Sign it. Give me the deposit. <laughs> you'll sign a contract. And then you'll be with me all the time. You'll sign a contract for So, all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Linda, thank you so thank much you for being for, on the show. Yeah. All of your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me and asking to be on here. It's a great show, and this is fun chatting. Of course. Now you're part of the hotties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. You got it. Thank you. So until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 